welcome to the Couples Coffee and Conversation Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Robin May, and presented by IBelieveInMarriage.com. This podcast is the place to gain tips and strategies to help you experience the love you've always wanted. Listen, marriage does not have to be lame, boring, or whack. We can laugh, love, and have a good time. So here is our promise. We will keep it real, stay relevant, but our goal is to never, ever compromise Christ. Visit IBelieveInMarriage.com slash podcast for more information. We are super excited to open up opportunities for your business to sponsor our podcast. Simply email us at contact at IBelieveInMarriage.com. I can't wait to dive into today's content, but first, go ahead, tell your family and friends to join us. Let's grow together. Welcome to episode 21 of the Couples Coffee and Conversation podcast. I am literally on pins and needles excited about this episode. I think the ladies especially are going to find this one a real treat. Well, it may seem more like a challenge. Well, either way, I hope you love it. Okay, before I dive into it, though, let's get the formalities out of the way. Remember to stay connected to this podcast. You can subscribe by visiting IBelieveInMarriage.com slash podcast. The I Believe in Marriage Network is all about empowering couples to truly experience the customized marriage that God intended for them. Our goal with the podcast is to have transparent and intimate conversations with individuals and couples to help us all on our journey. To get daily inspiration for your marriage, make sure you are following our Instagram page, I believe underscore in marriage. I am excited to let you know that my calendar is open for me to come and join you at your event. You can visit I believe in marriage.com slash founder and fill out the request form. All right, y'all. So our topic today is a sneak peek into the couple's connection wives intensive. So for those of you who are not familiar with the couple's connection, I would love to share it with you. It is your go-to resource to help you and your spouse have a safe space to pause long enough to prioritize your marriage. Over the years, so many couples have told me, one, they don't have time for counseling or two, they don't have the money for counseling. And so I wanted to find a way to get rid of both of those excuses because I truly believe that you need support on your journey. So the Couples Connection is a virtual resource that gives you and your spouse the support you need in your marriage. You can learn more about it by going to www.pauseandconnect.com. Connect.com. Now, the couple's connection is made up of three parts. The first part is the couple's commitment, which includes five quick but powerful videos with assignments for you and your spouse to complete together. Then there is the real talk with Robin, which includes four different conversations that I had with four different men on different topics. And then there is the wives intensive, and that is comprised of six sessions for women. And the topic is all about taming your tongue. So for today, for this episode, I have captured a few minutes from all six of those sessions within the wives intensive. And I'm going to give you a sneak peek into each one of them. Okay. Now, fellas, this session is definitely geared towards the ladies, but you are welcomed and actually encouraged to listen in. And my goal is to do the same thing for you with the Real Talk with Robin. So stay tuned, okay? Now, ladies, I want to tell you, if you are anything like me and you sometimes have a problem with keeping your mouth in check, 
And when I tell you this is just what the doctor or maybe your husband ordered. So let me tell you how we will flow. I will come on before each snippet and share with you what is being discussed at that time. Then you'll hear a few minutes from that actual part of the session. Okay. And then I'll come back on to introduce the second part and we'll do that on and on for all six sessions. Now make sure you listen to the very end because there is a special but limited offer that I will share at the conclusion of this podcast. And yes, there is a freebie for this episode. So go to IBelieveInMarriage.com slash episode 21 to download a recap. I'm going to give you a couple of lines from each of the snippets just so that you can print it out and keep it on you because I think you're going to need it. So go to IBelieveInMarriage.com slash episode 21. Okay. Here's a quick note. You're going to hear me mention the private Facebook group or the live Q&A. Now that is actually for members of the couple's connection. So you can simply ignore those comments when you hear me say that, or better yet, you can join the couple's connection so that you can access both the Facebook Live or the live Q&A, okay? But again, more on that at the end of the podcast. Let's dive right into session one of the Wives Intensive. Now, the first session is titled, What Does the Bible Say About Taming Your Tongue? So here's the deal. If you are going to be a woman of faith, then we have got to learn to stop leaning on our opinions and start governing ourselves according to the word of God. So during the first session, I shared with the women what our foundation would be throughout the wives intensive. And our foundation is definitely built on the word of God. We have a core scripture, a core question, a core principle, a core promise, and a core reality. Now, I'm not going to share all of those with this snippet, but during this snippet, I am going to break down to you what our core scripture really means. Plus, I'm going to share with you the core question God is asking of us as wives. Are you ready to listen in? Y'all, I'm so excited. Let's go. If you have ever been taught that submission is about weakness, it's not. It's about you being a force on the earth and specifically within the realms of your household. So it's not about weakness. It's about power. But don't get me wrong. It is a challenge. First Peter three does require you to put your big girl pants on and make some major shifts in how you show up in your marriage. But the shift is from a place of power, not powerlessness, from a place of strength, not weakness, from a place of courage, not fear. So let me give you our core scripture again, and then let's break it down a bit. First Peter three, one says wives in the same way, submit yourselves to your husbands so that if they refuse to believe the word, they will be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. The scripture starts out by saying wives in the same way. In other versions, it says, likewise, it's like Peter starts to talk to us in the middle of a conversation. He is saying the same way that happened is the same way you need to be submitting to your spouse. So the question is, in the same way as what? We need to catch up on what he was saying before this to understand what we are being charged to do. Again, take a deep breath. Because the pre-conversation to this scripture was pretty intense. 
I am not going to go into all of what was being talked about before first Peter three. A lot of it is contextual. In other words, it was based on those times, but it's important we, that we don't dismiss what is being said. We just have to learn how to apply it to our lives today. So I'm just going to share with you the very basic principle that Peter wants us to emulate with our spouses. Are you ready? First Peter two 21 says, for God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. O-M-G. <laughs> My God, come on now. That's a big, big standard to meet. God, you are telling me to do like your son, but I am not Jesus. <laughs> but sister, if you are feeling like I felt the first time I read that, let me assure you of this. God knows that you are not Jesus. He knows exactly who you are. He knows that you made up your mind a long time ago that if no one else was going to stand up for you, you were going to stand up for yourself. He knows that you saw your mother being disrespected and you said that that would never be you. He knows that that person who broke your heart has had an impact on you in ways you have never expressed. He knows that you have always had a bit of an attitude and that is hard to change. He knows exactly who you are. You are his daughter, his virtuous daughter, his force on the earth. And can I personally remind you of something? And this is my own promise to you. God is not asking you to do anything that he hasn't equipped you to do. Yes, God is asking you to follow in the footsteps of his son. God is asking you this one powerful question, and it is our core question for our time together. God is asking you, do you love me enough to do what I am asking you to do, even if it doesn't feel good? Ladies, that's the bottom line. Throughout the wives intensive, I want you to remember this core question. Do I love God enough to do what he says to do, even if it doesn't feel good in the moment? I know some of you are probably thinking, oh, my God, Robin, I thought this was going to be about me just learning how to be quiet sometimes. Well, sis, it's a bit more than that. But remember, I'm here with you. That is the reason the Wives Intensive includes our Q&A sessions and our private Facebook group. I know these concepts may be a bit tough, and that's why I am serious about us building a community to support one another. If you have not joined the private Facebook group, make sure you do that. Remember, I said there is a core reality we all need to know. The core reality is this. You are never meant to go through this journey alone. That is why Titus tells, tells us to let the older wives teach the younger wives, because God knew what he was calling us to would require support from those who have gone before us. That is why your circle matters. That is why who you let to let speak into your life matters. You need to surround yourself with people who believe what you believe, who are serious about their marriage. You want to surround yourself with people who believe the word so that when you are wavering, they won't pull you further away from God, but they'll challenge you to run closer to him.
Girl, you were never meant to do life alone. I want you to get off of isolation island. Let the people God has sent to support you actually support you. Are you taking a deep breath like I ask you to? (laughs) Every time I study that scripture, y'all, and every single time I think about that core question, it makes me pause and ask God to give me the strength to do what it is he is asking me to do. Later on, you will hear from one of our bonus teachers, Shaniqua Cager, and she reminds us that we were created as women, but called to be wives. It really is a calling. And while it is amazing and fun and exciting, it's also challenging and it stretches us. So I want you to consider the core question from the Wives Intensive. Do you love God enough to do what he is asking you to do, even when it doesn't feel good in the moment? All right, y'all, let's move on to session two. The topic for session two is she get it from her mama. I'm trying so hard not to sing the song. During this session, I am teaching the ladies that who we are in life is based on our experiences and our influences. Who you are right now is not who you are because of what happened yesterday or who you are based on what happened when you said I do. Who you are today is a direct result of your life experiences and your influences. Now, this session is a bit clinical, so you will hear the therapist Robin coming out. But I want you to truly listen to the questions I have asked and take some time to answer them for yourself. All right, let's listen in. Who you are right now can be contributed to your experiences growing up in your family dynamic. You hear that? Who you are right now, as you're listening to my voice, who you are right now is still impacted by what happened to you when you were growing up. Now, sometimes this is a difficult concept for people to grasp, but it is so true. They feel like, Robin, um, I am 49 what happened to me at four, at 14, none of that is taking place or hindering me or impacting me now. But I'm telling you, sis, it really is. Some researchers even believe who you are, your personality was fully shaped by the time you were seven. Now, we're not going to get stuck there on whether or not we agree with that research. Some people don't. I do. But what I think we can agree on is that there is a powerful connection between our natural genes and our life experiences. If you have ever done any type of psychology class, you have heard of nature versus nurture. In other words, can we trace who we are to biology or do we trace it back to our environment? Is it our genes, like our family um, bloodline, or is it where we grew up, how we grew up, the environment we grew up in? In my work over the years, I believe it's both. I believe that our personality is defined or definitely impacted by our family tree. That is why you can have tendencies like your great grandmother who you never met. But I also know that the way you were raised, the type of things you were exposed to, whether your parents were strict or if they didn't have a lot of rules, whether both parents are in the house, whether you witnessed domestic violence, if your perception of your father is positive or negative, all of that has a strong impact on who you are as an adult. So that leads me to my next question for you. And this is not a rhetorical question. I really want you to reflect on this. Okay. Actually, it's several questions. Where did you learn what it means to be a woman? Where did you learn what it means to be a woman? Um, I talked about my mother earlier and how I've picked up these tendencies from her. But my mother is also the most ladylike person you can ever meet in your life. She's so classy and ladylike. And she had very clear rules about what it means to be a lady. And so now I carry those same rules too. I remember I used to get in trouble if I would leave the house with chipped fingernail polish. (laughs) But now I know 
I have some of those standards of what it means to be a, a woman too. My friends get, I get on their last nerve because I'm really quick to say, wait a minute, that is not ladylike. And they're like, Robin, what you define as lady is not what I define as lady. So where did you learn what it means to be a woman? Who taught you either directly or indirectly what it meant to be a lady? Was that modeled by your mother? Was it modeled by your grandmother? Maybe it was modeled by your great aunt. I want you to really consider where your primary influence of womanhood came from. Now, listen, I'm not talking only about the person who maybe your um, Sunday school teacher who you just were just thought was amazing. I'm saying who are the people in your home, your day to day life who influenced how you thought a woman was to be either indirectly or directly. I want you to consider where your primary influence of womanhood came from. Here's another question. Where did you learn what it means to be a wife? Was being a wife modeled for you as you grew up? Where did you learn to be a wife? Now, remember, these are questions I want you to seriously consider as you are sorting through today's topic. She gets it from her mama, understanding why you do what you do. Let's continue to probe a bit. When it comes to showing a man respect, did you ever witness your primary female influencers demonstrating respect to the men in their lives? Did you ever see that? Let me give you um, a few more questions. I mean, well, I'm going to give you those questions again because I really want you to reflect on them. Where did you learn what it means to be a woman? Or let's say more specifically a woman of God. Where did you learn what it means to be a, life, a wife? And where did you learn what it means to show respect to a man? Now, you see, I took a deep breath. As you contemplate these questions, I would love for you to be brave enough to reflect on whether or not the examples that you witnessed were positive or damaging. Now, let me pause because this can get a bit uncomfortable and trigger a bit of defensiveness as you are listening to me. If you are very family oriented and if you are like me and you're fiercely loyal, especially to your family, as I'm asking you to consider if the examples you witnessed were positive or damaging, it can cause you to become very protective of your family, especially your mama. But remember, y'all. We are in this together. I am on your team and I want you to win personally. And I want you and your spouse to win. Remember our core reality. We were never meant to journey alone. So if you are feeling a bit of defensiveness as I'm asking you to do this, I want you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to keep you open, not to what I'm saying, but what he is wanting to say to you. These questions are critical for you to really get clear about why you show up in your marriage the way you do, why you respond to things the way you do, why you may find it difficult to tame your tongue and monitor your mouth, or even why you have a hard time speaking up. All right, sisters, I truly encourage you to consider the questions I asked during the She Get It From Her Mama session. Who taught you what it means to be a woman? Where did you learn what it means to be a wife? And who modeled for you what it means or what it looks like to respect a man, specifically your husband? And here's the ultimate question. Is what you were taught biblical? So I want you to grab a journal, get a cup of coffee or some tea. I want you to take some time and reflect and see what you come up with.
All right, let's go ahead and move forward to session three. Remember, there are six sessions within the Wives Intensive. I am giving you a snippet from all six sessions. We've done session one and two. Here is your snippet from session three. The topic for session three is he doesn't act right until I act up. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like you have to get crazy to get a response out of your husband? Well, during this session, I'm going to challenge you to consider if this is the best way to deal with the issue or are you actually reinforcing negative behavior? I want you to keep your heart open and listen in. The way you perceive the things your husband does, it causes you based on your own processing, your own experiences, your own upbringing. It causes you to respond to him in a certain way. And I often hear women tell me, Robin, I promise you, when I try to act calm, when I try to be respectful, when I try not to trip out, he keeps doing what he's been doing. But the moment I start to get crunk, <laughs> the moment, like some ladies say, the moment I show my tail, that is when he acts like he hears me. Can you relate to that? And can I keep it real with my sisters? I've seen it in my own marriage sometimes, and I have definitely witnessed it with my own two eyes in a counseling session with many different couples. When the wife was calm, he wasn't really responding. When she got crunk, he started to respond. So let's all collectively say this out loud. Why do I have to do all of that for you to finally hear me? <laughs> Why do I have to do all of that for you to finally hear me? Did you say it? Whew, it felt good, huh? But you know, I'm not going to let you stay there, right? So now that we have got that out, let's bring it on back. Because here is the deal. I shared with you that it is very important that we are sensitive to how God is asking us to partner with him when it comes to our spouse. That means there are times that you have to be very direct, very clear, and that you do not back down. But whether it is with your husband, your children, or your co-workers, you have to know your own triggers. You have to be in control of yourself. You cannot blame your spouse for how you choose to respond to things that take place. Listen, he did not make you curse him out. You chose to respond what was going on by doing the exact opposite of what scripture tells us to do. That is why our core statement is so important. This is not about my spouse, but about who I am becoming as a woman for Christ. This is why I spent so much time laying a foundation for all of us, because it really does boil down to your walk with God. Are you governed by the word of God or are you governed by your own emotions? Sis, I can tell you that this is an ongoing challenge for me. I have to constantly remind myself that I want to be a woman that is sober minded, that is rooted in the word of God, that is governed by his principles. I do not want to be a woman that lives as a victim to what I feel. While I know how important it is to acknowledge my feelings, I will not any longer be dictated by them. So that means even when my husband 
has gotten on the very last nerve that I have left. You know, the one that was already hanging by the thread. When he has gotten on that last one and I am just about ready to go all the way off, I want to be the woman who can stop, process, and pray. Do I always get it right? Child, you can actually make that is a resounding no. I am even ashamed to say that if you ask my three daughters, they'll tell you, nope, mama don't always get it right. But here's the deal. I could choose to hold on to the, you know what? This is just who I am excuse. Or I can say to myself, but Robin, that's not how you have to continue to be. And speaking of my daughters, they are a good reason for me to keep going through this process so that I can be a positive example for them. So after fully digesting today's session, we are all going to try our best to respond differently when triggered by our spouse. Even though it may seem like he doesn't respond until we act up. And and for some of us, it doesn't seem like that. That's how it is. We have to know that actually we are really doing ourselves a disservice. We are actually reinforcing negative behavior. My best friend, Oprah, do y'all know her? (laughs) Anyway, my best friend, Oprah, always says, you teach people how to treat you. I think she got that from Auntie Maya Angelou. But anyway, it's so true. We do teach people, including our husbands, how to treat us. We are teaching our husbands that they can just be easy, chill out, not really pay attention to what we are saying, because we will get to a point of being hysterical or maybe you just shut down, whichever one you do. And then that's their indication. That's their clue. It's time to clock back in. But instead, let's try to do it God's way. Let's remember our core scripture, 1 Peter 3, 1. Let's remember that. Let's do our best to let our behavior influence them, not the craziness that can sometimes come out of our mouths. Okay, are you up to it? I know, y'all. I know. Did you clock out on me? I know that was a tough one, but I'm telling you, I really want to follow scripture. I want my behavior to speak louder than my words. I really want to be a woman that is wise enough to pause and pray before I just let stuff fly out of my mouth. And if you are anything like me, you have some work to do in this area because I know that I do. All right, so enough of hearing from me within the Wives Intensive. I'm excited because the next three sessions are snippets from the wife coaches that I asked to contribute to the Wives Intensive. All three of these ladies are phenomenal, and these are women that I sit at their feet. We grow together. We pour into one another, and so I think you're really going to love it. So first up is Reverend Lorraine Forrester. You can learn more about her and actually her husband as well by visiting arelationshipministry.com. Within the Wives Intensive, Reverend Lorraine taught session four, and her session was titled, You Just Don't Understand What He Did how to monitor your mouth after a betrayal. As you listen to this session, remember, betrayal does not only mean infidelity. In a previous part of Reverend Lorraine's session, she shares that betrayal could take on so many forms. But within this snippet that I'm sharing, she's going to share the process of forgiveness after a betrayal. And Reverend Lorraine is speaking from experience. She and her husband have been married almost 30 years, but early on in their marriage, they dealt with their fair share of challenges. So you are sitting at the feet of someone who has walked through what she's teaching. So listen in as she counsels us on how to move through the process of forgiveness.
in forgiveness, first I want you to understand, number one, that forgiveness does not give permission to the person to do the offense again, nor does it say that what they've done was okay. Secondly, talk about the offense in detail. So once you decide to forgive, you have an understanding of what forgiveness is, then you and your spouse should sit down and talk about the offense. Your spouse, who is the offender, should be willing to answer any questions that you have about the offense. And you have to be careful in how you craft your wording as you ask the questions so that you don't present an attitude of uh, anger when you're having that conversation, because if you do, they're not going to want to talk and answer questions. Third, in forgiveness, you have to agree on the benefits of discussing the situation in the future, because chances are you'll need to bring it up at some point, but what will be the benefit of discussing that offense again? Perhaps if you discuss it, it will remind you of how you've grown together. That would be a benefit. You don't want to discuss it just to bring it up and talk about how terrible your mate was. You may want to share a lesson with your children. That would be a benefit. So that should help you both agree on the benefits of forgiveness. Then fourth, you want to explore ways to avoid the offense in the future. So in this conversation, you also want to talk about how did it come to that and what can we do in the future to avoid that? Maybe there was some miscommunication. Maybe there was a misunderstanding in some way. Maybe there's something that I could do differently. Maybe there's something my husband could do differently. What are the things that we can put in that will allow us to avoid the offense in the future? Fifth, when you're thinking of forgiveness, you have to say it. Say, I forgive you. You know, just to walk in forgiveness is not total forgiveness. You have to let your mate know, yes, I have come to the point where this is no longer going to be a hindrance in our relationship. Okay? Then we get to our boundaries. It's necessary to set certain boundaries. Boundaries or your guidelines, your rules, your limits that you create to identify reasonable, safe, and permissible ways for your husband to interact with you. Your boundaries also include how you will respond when your husband passes those limits. Your boundaries, like your deal breakers, generally align with your values, with your standards your beliefs, your opinions, your attitudes, your life experiences, the past experiences that you've had. So you have to define the boundaries. Defining your boundaries will aid in your being able to articulate your expectations for the marriage. Oftentimes we go into a marriage and we have no idea what we expect. We just expect that we're going to live together and at some point we're going to be happy ever, ever after. And it's not always true that we will just be happy ever after. As a matter of fact, more times it doesn't happen that way. You have to have some specific ideas and visions about your marriage. 
So your boundaries should cover your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual needs. After identifying your boundaries, share them with your husband and help him to understand how and why they are important to you and how they will be important to him as well and how they will benefit your marriage. Be sure that you're careful in the way that you articulate these. These are not demands. This is simply sharing. This is what I need from you. Also, you want to share how your boundaries connect to your beliefs, your emotions, your, your intuitions, and your self-esteem. Sometimes people will offend us because they had no idea of how you felt about a certain act. They didn't know how important it was to you that we have a certain amount of money in the bank account all the time because you never said anything. So when they offended you by taking all the money out, they didn't think it was a big deal for you. So you have to be very careful that you help them to understand where you are. Let me tell you, I love me some Reverend Lorraine. She is so calm yet powerful. I almost want you to rewind so that you can listen to that again, but the podcast will be available for you. And I actually want you to listen to the entire podcast over and over. Okay, but listen, forgiveness is indeed a process. And listen, you are not walking through the process for your husband. You are walking through the process because it is a mandate for you as a woman of faith. And remember what Reverend Lorraine said at the very beginning. Forgiveness is not about giving the person permission to continue the offense. This is not about you being walked over or taken advantage of. This really is an opportunity for you to be free from the offense. Okay, let me move on before I get too crunk. Up next is my sister for 20 plus years, Dr. Tara Jenkins. You can learn more about her by visiting ministrymates.com. Tara's session is titled Being Mrs. Right. Be careful that your voice doesn't become background noise to your spouse. Ooh, y'all, that alone had me shook. Okay, so Dr. Tara walks us through the book of Esther in a way that may surprise you. But during this particular snippet, she's going to get you pumped up as you realize how powerful you really are. She is going to remind you that this isn't just about you, boo. No, she is going to show you how the way you show up in your marriage will impact generations. Are you ready? Let's listen in. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do you not think that you are in the king's house, that you alone will escape? For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows? that you did not come into your royal position for such a time as this. You are in the place that you are in for such a time as this. You are in the position that you are in for such a time as this. And your silence or your words are actually going to be a life or death situation. And I know that we have all quoted that life and death is in the power of our tongue. But how often do we really think of the life we're spewing when we say words or the death we're spewing when we say words? And so this is the moment that Esther's 
words began to matter in a way that she did not even realize herself. Yes, she had faith to show up. Yes, she had the favor to stand out. Yes, she had the, the faith to go through the process to soak in. But then when it gets time to face the opposition where her words matter, it looked like she shied away, like it was nothing she felt like she could do. But it was the Mordecai in her life that says, oh, no, do you think that you're just here for you? No, you're here for others, to save others. And I believe that there are some wives that are listening, that you are in your position. You are connected to your husband. You are the matriarch in your family because you are going to be an example for the women that you're raising, for the young ladies that are looking up to you. And then there are some people that aren't in your household, but you are the only wife they know. You are the only married woman that they know. And you can save generations of families because you, in your actions, are showing what's possible. It is possible to have a healthy marriage in this year, in this millennial. It is possible to serve God in the way you serve your family. It is possible to stay married for a lifetime. It is possible to have a marriage that lasts till death do you part. It is possible, regardless of the impossibilities that society seems to um, portray, we still believe the word of God and your actions, your words. Um, you're not supposed to just act in an inevitability of uh, families falling apart. There, there's an attack on the family, and I believe that nations of families can be saved by the way we act as examples in our households, the way we honor, the way we speak about our families, the way we speak about our husbands. When, when the Proverbs 31 woman is described, it says that the king, her husband, does safely trust her. And trust isn't just about um, uh, fidelity. It's also fiscally. And it's also in words. Your husband should be able to trust that not only are you not speaking against him in his presence, but that you are not um, talking down about him in his absence. And I know for some people, they think it's fun to mail badge or it's fun to emasculate the men in our lives. But we have to change the conversation. We have to reverse that curse. We have to make an intentional decision that we are not going to speak death in our relationships or over our husbands because your kids are listening and, and there are people watching you that you may not even know are watching you. Wasn't that good? As I listened to Dr. Tara, I really felt the urgency of what God has called us to do. I am not willing to hinder someone else, especially my daughters, but really anybody that's watching me, I'm not willing to hinder them from seeing a godly example of marriage. I am going to do my part to be an influencer for God. I don't want to do anything that gives a leg up to the enemy. I want to be Mrs. Wright, and I know you do too. 
Okay, are y'all ready for our very last snippet? Next up is another one of my sisters, Shaniqua Cager. Y'all, I'm telling you, you are going to love her. Shaniqua is the founder of That Wife Life, and you can check her out by going to thatwifelife.com. Or you can look up That Wife Life on Facebook, baby. Let me tell you something. You don't want to miss it. They go in. So make sure you look them up on Facebook. So Shaniqua's session is titled, What Does It Really Mean to Be a Wise Woman? During this snippet, Shaniqua teaches us from Proverbs 21, verse 23. Go ahead and look it up. It'll bless you. And during this conversation, she's going to ask us three powerful questions for us to reflect on. I cannot wait for you to hear. Let's go. Proverbs 21 and 23 basically tells us to guard our tongue. And this is the part that I really like. And it says, and I'm a paraphrase, but it says, um, because when we guard our tongue, we will lessen the amount of hurt that comes our way. I love that. I'm sure that it says it better and differently than the way that I said. But the more that I guard my tongue, there are some lessons that I don't have to learn the hard way because of that. Here it is. It says, watch your words and hold your tongue. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. Lord, have mercy. What is scripture being all my life that I could have been saving myself a whole lot of grief? But guard your tongue so that you can save yourself a lot of grief. This is what I want you. I want you to write this down. And I want you to just think about in the recent years. Don't go too far back in this dual role as woman and wife. What are some things that you wish you would have said differently? If you're me, you don't have to go that far back. You can look at last week, the week before, last month. What are some things you wish you would have said differently? What are some things that you wish you wouldn't have said at all? And then what are some things that you wish you had the courage to say? I want you to write that down, put it on some sticky notes, put it on your mirror, whatever works for you. But what are some things that you wish you would have said differently? What are some things that you wish you wouldn't have said at all? And then what are some things that you wish you would have had the courage to say? As we look at it and we, we dive into this whole issue about our words, Sometimes we quote unquote lash out. I, I work with children. I've been a I've been in education for over twenty years now. Did I just say that? I made me feel all. Um, but I've been in education for twenty years now and what I've and, and then I'm a mom. And then what I've learned about children, especially at the preschool ages, oftentimes they lash out because they lack the capacity of being able to communicate what it is they're really trying to say or what they're really feeling. They lash out because either they don't have the words, they're, they're not at the age yet where they can speak the words, they don't have the vocabulary big enough in order to communicate what it is they really want to say and or how they really feel. So then therefore, lashing out happens. I was the director of a preschool for a few years, and, and biting became a big issue in the preschool. You know, preschool is not like school, school. So you just can't kick kids out because they're biting. Well, unless it becomes ridiculous, right? So we're like, how do we, how do we work with these biters? 
And when we begin to observe them and watch them interact with other um, students, more times than not, we realize the biting happened when somebody snatched something from them, when they wanted to go to another center, but, but it wasn't their turn to go to the center, when they wanted a, a cookie instead of a piece of food. And then before we could turn our head, before we could reach out and move the other person, they'd haul off, open their mouth, and bite. And here we are now with two frustrated parents, the, the biter and the victim of the biter. The same is true in our roles as wives and with our marriages. Sometimes at the end of the day, we have two wounded people, the biter and the victim of the biter. And the longer I'm married, the longer I, I walk with other married women, the more I am desperate for God to allow me not to be either. I desperately don't want to be the biter anymore. I want to see my victims become less and then to zero. Because now I know what it feels like to bite. But most importantly, I know what it feels like to be bitten. And then as we seek this wisdom, God help me control my tongue. The word of God says out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever is bubbling over in our hearts, that's what's coming out of the mouth. And I don't want to be the one that is undisciplined in my words. Because you do understand that that's what this is all about. It's being undisciplined. Because at the age that we are, no matter what that is, if you're in your 20s all the way up to uh, your 90s and 100 and on and on, it's about being disciplined. And that God has called us to be disciples. And if we are disciples, then he's creating in us an area where we have to be disciplined. Where is it in your life that you have lacked the capacity, that your vocabulary just wasn't strong enough, that the fortress that you built around your heart and around your mind prevented you from the vulnerability that you needed to rightly and, and effectively communicate. Therefore, you lashed out. Therefore, you are a biter. Therefore, you, let, you have people walk away from you wounded and bandaged up and bleeding because of a lack of capacity. Wasn't that the absolute best ending? Wasn't that perfect to end the podcast with? Shaniqua left us with a lot to think about. And you know what? I'm with her. I don't want to be a biter. I don't want to leave people, but especially my husband. I don't want to leave him wounded and bleeding because of what comes out of my mouth. I want to make sure that I am a wise woman that is tempered with what she says. Oh, that was so good. All right, y'all, that's it for episode 21 of the Couples Coffee and Conversation podcast. I know that went a bit long, but I pray it really blessed you, whether you are a wife or you're a husband that stuck around. I truly hope that this information encouraged you, maybe even challenged you a bit, but that it really helped you understand what it really means to be a woman after God's heart, a wife that honors him. 
I have listened to all six of the sessions within the Wives Intensive so many times, and each time I get a new nugget, and it really, really helps me in my journey. I would encourage you to listen to this podcast over and over. Ask your closest friends or your family to listen to it with you, and then you all sit around and discuss it. I believe this can really positively influence you as a wife. Remember to download your freebie for this episode. You go to ibelieveinmarriage.com slash episode 21. The freebie is a recap of the highlights talked about during each snippet. You can print it out and keep it to review at your leisure. Now, as promised, I have a special offer for all of you. As I stated, the Wives Intensive is a part of the Couples Connection. The Couples Connection is your virtual go-to resource for you and your spouse. I truly believe the entire Couples Connection is a great investment for you and your relationship. But so many of the wives have told me they want something to dive into, even if their husbands don't. So for a limited amount of time, you can invest in the wives intensive only portion of the couple's connection. Now, now let me be clear. If you want to access the entire couple's connection, make sure you visit www.pauseandconnect.com. And honestly, that's my suggestion to you. But if you are saying, Robin, For now, I just want to get my hands on the entire Wives Intensive, then I want to make it available to you. So you also can go to www.pauseandconnect.com and click on Wives Intensive only. And because you might be listening to this after this special offer has ended, I do not want to leave you out. I'm not going to leave you hanging. If for some reason you cannot access the offer because the offer has expired by the time you listen to the podcast, shoot us an email at contact at ibelieveinmarriage.com and we will speak with you to help you get the best deal for you and your spouse. So again, ladies, if this snippet of the Wives Intensive blessed you and you want access to the entire six sessions, go now to pauseandconnect.com and click on Wives Intensive only. All right, guys, I'm done. I'm gone. I really hope you enjoy, that you enjoy episode 21. I look forward to speaking with you guys again soon. Bye.